Yeah, welcome back to the Fry Guys podcast. I have a really, really special interview guest today. <laughs> um, yeah, her name is Rachel. Rachel, thank you so much for being in my podcast today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. When you asked me, I was like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have any other choice, I no. think. <laughs> no, it's, it was my pleasure. Yeah, wonderful. Rachel, um, would you like to do, introduce yourself? Um, yeah, what are you doing? The work you specialized in, so people just have a bigger picture what you're doing. Yeah, of course. Um, so uh, my name is Rachel Chipotle. I'm a self love and awareness mentor. So basically, what I do is there's a range of modalities that I I use. Um, but basically I'm trained in NLP, so neuro-linguistic programming, mm -hmm. um, in Reiki, in timeline therapy, um, and, uh, in a child therapy, there's a whole range. Um, and so basically what I do is I help people sort of come from a place of survival mode, which is a lot of us are, are trying to survive in this world. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of uh, emotions or belief systems to protect us. Um, and so what I help is I help people break down those beliefs and see whether or not they're still serving them mm. and I help break them down so that they can live in their more, more of an authentic truth mm. so the life they actually really want for themselves rather than what they've created on a subconscious level mm -hmm. which is all the conditioning and, and all that sort of stuff wow yeah mm. really really good stuff I think and um, when you look back let's say maybe 10 or 15 years ago, how did your life look like back then? Did you ever, yeah, when did your whole journey started, would you say? Yeah, well, that's, that's a good question. So I'll probably say that from a very, very young age, um, I have always known that there was something deeper. There was something beyond what the eye could see. And so I've always had a bit of an intuitive ability in like the sense of mm, what's all this fuss about, you know, why is everyone taking everything so seriously? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then I was actually a very serious, person. I, I was very playful, but I had this real serious side to me as well. Um, when I was 15, I wrote this poem and it just like, it says it all from how I saw the world and how different I saw it to what I perceived a lot of other children to see it. Um, But I guess my real healing journey started at around the age of 20. Mm. Um, I had a partner at the time. We were together for about three, four years. And I knew that at that time, oh, basically he gave me a lot of uh, love. Mm. But that's when all my um, stuff started to surface. All the wounds that I hadn't healed, they started to surface. So... Mm. Um, I found myself uh, very depressed, um, very low, very anxious all the time. And I just, I honestly didn't see a way out. I just saw that doom and gloom. And at one point I really wanted to end things because I just, I was really low. I was just like, there's no point. If I'm going to suffer and feel like crap all the time, mm. then <laughs> what's the point in it all? Um, totally. So when you go back to that moment, yeah, what kind of thoughts were running through your head at that time? Oh, I think I couldn't even tell you now because it, it's almost foreign language to me now. Mm. But the, the language, and when I say it's foreign, I mean as in 
I find that very interesting that I've been able to really change my way of thinking and, and that's a way that it is possible for people to see that there is a possibility to change thoughts mm. and to change the direction of your life because the sort of thoughts I guess I would have are things like um, just everything I've been I had been really told from a young age that I had taken seriously or to heart mm. but maybe they weren't directly like that so mm-hmm. things like um, you know you're not good enough mm. you're not you know you're not uh, pretty unless you're thinner um, you know a lot around body image I really mm-hmm. suffered with that from a from a very young age as well mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know just some of the things I wouldn't even say because they're just too mean and so I really was not my best friend mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah mm-hmm. does that answer your question yes totally yeah. thank you so yeah. much um, what really helped you to get out of this what do you think, or where, uh, when do you think was this turning point mm-hmm. where you kind of saw the light at the end of the tunnel again? Yeah, so I, I would have to say I got introduced to a book called Louise L. Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. Mm. And my beautiful sister um, actually introduced me to the book. And I reckon I picked it up multiple times before I actually properly read it. I just was not ready. Mm. Um, yeah, there's sometimes book you mm. you're just not ready to read them, but they follow you around. They the whole follow life. around everywhere. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I find you again. <laughs> I'm trying to run away. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get me. <laughs> or catch me if you can. Yeah. <laughs> Avoidance. It's a really, really. Uh, um, what's the word? Avoidance is a real thing, and mm. it's something that when we avoid we avoid the truth a lot of the time Mm. to try and protect ourselves but we're really running away from ourselves anyway Mm -hmm. um but anyway losing track because that's what i do (laughs) 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 i go in tangents um so the question was when did it start um so basically i was at a point at about 20 when i started to really i'd been working from like from a very young age, but I actually started working full-time in a mortgage centre when I was just 18. Mm-hmm. So, and then I was um, told that I could purchase an investment property and pay back the deposit. Mm-hmm. So it was very like, oh, okay, like what's happening? I don't even know if I want this, but all right, no worries. <laughs> um, and so I was put into this situation where I think I was, I realised very early that I was living a life I actually didn't want to live. Um, and it's, I had a bit of like a, a moment after, I think, after being introduced to Louise L. Hay and things like that, I'm like, well, maybe my life can change. Mm. And obviously a series of events up until that point as well. Um, <clears throat> but one day I did one of her activities, which is called, um, she basically says to get a piece of paper and to write a lovingly release. Mm. And I basically like went outside one night after writing uh, pages and pages and pages of things that I wanted to lovingly let go. And I just set that intention to the universe. Like, um, I want to let go of this stuff. And so I went outside and I opened up my arms and I said, I don't know who is out there, but whoever you are, I'm done. I do not want to carry this stuff anymore. And, um, yeah, I ended up burning that piece of paper just because mm. I was, you know, mm. just very over it. 
and I didn't want to see it anymore. Mm. And I had written, honestly, probably like 200 affirmations wow. of the things that I wanted to let go of. Mm-hmm. I just had so much I needed to get on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically from there, the next day, it was like I had a, had, had a complete reset. Um, but I was very anxious still mm-hmm. and very confused but it's almost like I had set that intention energetically because mm-hmm. we talked about the power of energy and think that's a whole other topic. Mm-hmm. But energetically, I basically like surrendered. And it was, it was when I did that that I noticed that it was probably a good two years after that mm-hmm. of real self-discovery of like, I basically quit my job after that, uh, sold my investment property, um, broke up with my partner at the time mm. and went overseas for six months traveling and I went mm. all around the world and ended up in India at the end for oh. two months yeah. um, and this is all solo because I wanted to prove to myself that I could be alone mm. because one, that was my biggest fear was to be alone in with myself yeah um so yeah ended up traveling that Mm -hmm. was incredible Mm -hmm. um and i mean it was such a diverse trip i started off in america Mm -hmm. did la from new york and then ended in uh, india so it was a complete contrast the whole whole trip Mm -hmm. um but i found that because india is such a spiritual place Mm. i found myself really just even just being there I automatically felt more connected than I'd ever felt in my life. Yeah. Whereabouts did you went to India? I literally went from one end to the other. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. As far as um, Himachal Pradesh, I think that's how you say it, Mm -hmm. Um, which is like near the Himalayas. Yeah. And then all the way down like where um, um, Kerala is, which is in the south. Right, yeah. yeah. India is a really, really special place. It really is. Yeah, and it can really change you, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. So mm. you felt like a total different person after India, but in general, after your yeah, whole trip? Yeah, in general, I felt, I wouldn't say it was just India, but overall, mm. I think that it, I think because in a Western society, my perception, um, I feel that, you know, religion or uh, following some sort of tradition mm-hmm. that is away from reality is absurd in a lot of people's minds. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people fear the unknown. Yeah. Um, so I think I came from a place of fear or judgment of like, oh, always knowing that there was something more, mm-hmm. um, but then fearing it as well, because mm-hmm. it's not very it's not really talked about much in the western culture and if it is it's really bogged down Mm. especially religions yes um certain types of religions too so Mm. um and i wouldn't call myself a religious person i'd call myself more spiritual Mm. but yeah now like when i went to india Mm. um i think there was just that openness Mm -hmm. of of that whole spirituality yeah and i think it just made me go oh these feelings that I've been feeling deep down, they've just been suppressed. Mm. It's been in me. I'm human. Mm. Or a spirit's having a human experience. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, I think the that's just my perception anyway mm-hmm. of how I feel things are. And that's probably why I felt more comfortable yes. with that. What do you think, what kind of emotions did you suppress your whole life? 
Um, well, I suffered from an eating disorder from when I was like 15 years old. Mm. So for me, I the two main emotions that are basically attached to addictions are shame and guilt. Mm. So I would say that a lot of my life I've been dealing with those emotions. The shame, the guilt, um, abandonment. And I'm not saying mm. that I was abandoned... Um, you know, in the streets or anything when I was a child, but um, abandonment is a big thing, you know, like, mm. I don't know if you know about, like, early childhood development mm. and the different attachment theories that there are and things like that. Yeah. But, you know, abandonment can, you know, when we're children, we see things literally as they are. Mm-hmm. And so we can perceive them in a very, um, uh, it's all, all clouded by emotion. Mm. Like, mm. we don't always see it for what it is. Yeah, but mm. it's also because our brain is functioning. Um, sorry, it is developing, mm. so it's just going with what it knows or what it's seen. Yes. So yeah, a lot of um that abandonment stuff as well. Not feeling like I had my own back. Mm-hmm. Feeling like everyone else had to be there for me, but myself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another. Yes. Another yeah. Big one. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like these emotions are just. Yeah, they can really rule your life. I feel like because they they're can. so heavy. And what really helped you to maybe change your perception on these emotions? I think especially when we become older, we Mm. have the choice to really um, think about shame and guilt in a total different way. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. So you're asking what what made me see it differently? Yes, exactly. I think there's a whole range of healing modalities that I've used um, and I've been through that many mentoring sessions and programs. Mm. I'm like writing to the self-development stuff. I think that like personal growth is one of the biggest investments you ever make. Mm. Um, so for me, I wouldn't say it was one particular thing. I'd say it's been a series of things that have actually, like it's like layer by layer, you know, like mm. shrink onions have layers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good example. <laughs> Um, so yes, we have layers. And mm. so, um, for me, I think about, you know, peeling back mm. those layers, it's been an absolute journey. And, and so when I found out that, you know, I'd actually admitted that I had the eating disorder and started working on these emotions, mm-hmm. um, I did that through like a specialist psychologist. Then I did like this incredible, um, uh, program, uh, which was all about embodying your knowledge rather mm-hmm. than just actually knowing. Yeah. Um, in your mind there's such a big difference between knowing something in our brain and then actually experiencing it within the body Mm -hmm. and embodying it Mm -hmm. Um, but there's that and then there's also um, I would say that there was a really big change when I was about 26 I started studying NLP Mm. which is neuro-linguistic programming um, and timeline therapy and I found that and Reiki as well Reiki is a whole nother level because you're dealing with like people's energy and it's like direct. Yeah. How would you describe Reiki like for people who maybe not sure about it? I would say it's. I like to say that Reiki is like being marinated in love for one hour. (laughs) It's like a marination. It's like a love bath, really. Yeah, literally. A love bath. Mm -hmm. And it's not even the person that's healing you, it's that. They're being a channel. They are sending so much intent Mm. and good divine energy to you that your body is automatically able to do its thing. 
And I mm-hmm. think the we are energetic beings at the end of the day. Mm. So for me, I feel like Reiki is um, about really tapping in to the energy of that person, mm. but to help them. Because you think about it, like, let's say um, I went to this Japanese um, healing workshop one day Mm -hmm. and it was so incredible he taught us about energy Mm -hmm. and the the different effects of it and he was talking about he got actually me to go up in front of everyone it was like a room full of 30 people and he actually did an arm test and he put the same amount of pressure on my arm both times but he basically got the first time he got the 30 people to set the intent of anger and, and mean, meanful words towards mm. me. And I started to become weak. Oh, and then crazy. he did the opposite. And he said, all right, send out all the love that you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And my arm became stronger. Wow. And honestly, I could feel his pressure. It did not change. But mm. I felt energetically, I felt my energy dropping. You've know, you got 30 people directing that at you. Yes. Um, wow. So, mm. And I wasn't as... Um, I wouldn't say I was as strong mm-hmm. as as what I would be now mm-hmm. to with, withhold that sort of energy coming towards me. Mm-hmm. But it was so from that I just went, oh my gosh, like this this is yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah. if you can think of like one hour of being marinated in love and what mm. that can do. You think about even like your pet, for example, mm. and the love that they give you all the time mm-hmm. just by sitting with you for five minutes you know imagine that for one hour yeah and like just pure intent going towards you that's how i'd explain reiki yes and it's unconditional really you it know? is you don't have to do anything you don't you just yeah there. yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> fall asleep like i do <laughs> um but then there's nlp mm-hmm. which is um and timeline therapy so i would say that I have received incredible, incredible results from NLP um, because I'll explain it in the best way that I can um, if you want me to talk about NLP a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Because um, that's one that's helped me. Yeah. I would say that it's almost like, so you've got your conscious brain, mm-hmm. which is like 10%, 12% of is conscious and then Mm. you've got the 88 to 90 percent that's subconscious yeah now subconsciously if 88 to 90 percent is what controls us and our decisions then like are we choosing to our future Mm. or our life or not yeah so it's sort of like it's a really good question to ask yourself. Like, if only ten to twelve percent of what I'm doing is conscious, then what is the other eighty-eight, ninety percent that I'm not willing to look at? Yeah, and you you don't even know it because you're not conscious about exactly. it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. And so what I would say is that the best way that I like to explain it to my clients is you've got um, zero to seven years old is when your cognitive functioning starts happening. That is mm. your prime time for brain development. And it's also the prime time for, um, for associations. Mm-hmm. So for example, if you have, if you grew up in a household 
where you saw when your dad got angry, he just banged the hand on the table and was like, oh, I've had enough. Mm-hmm. Let's say that that's been taken in subconsciously from a very young age. And let's mm. say now that when you're an adult, when you get into arguments with people, you basically, everyone reverts into an argument. They revert back to being a child. Mm. And so when they go, you know, when you get angry, you go, oh, I've had enough. <laughs> and you bang your hand on the table, right? Yeah. That, that is a subconscious program. That's something you've seen, you've learned, you've associated. Yes. And gone, oh, angry, bang your hand on the table, say, I've had enough. That's mm-hmm. what the brain's sort of done. Yes, because that's what you learned in your yeah in your childhood. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Um, and the only way that we can go back in time and into the subconscious is by becoming relaxed. Mm. And so you can do that through a guided meditation. I sort of guide people through meditations. We go back and we... The only reason why our brains will hold on to something is because it hasn't learned the lesson as to why it's there. Mm. So when we, in timeline, when we go back... We can actually change associations mm. and we can actually learn why emotions were there. So mm. the brain can go, oh, okay, I can let it go now. Mm-hmm. And almost, well, every time I've done a session with someone, they go back to the most incredible places that they've never even known about. Mm-hmm. Like they, someone, a beautiful client of mine went back to when they were actually born in a glass what is it called when those um um yeah these glass um things and she felt like in that moment that um oh people like aren't taking care of me i'm feeling abandoned mm. you know and um like that was a legit thing after she spoke to her mum like she actually had been through this wow yeah but she just couldn't remember but, right but the subconscious yeah. has taken it back because yeah. our subconscious is like a computer. It mm. holds on to everything we've ever seen. It has all the database in yeah. a way. Yeah, literally like a file. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we all have files. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty funny when you think about it, yeah, right? You're like, have this file for that, for that, yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Amazing. So, um, so that's what's helped, I would say, for me. Yeah. That's been really big because I'm really big on learning lessons in a chair for an hour rather than living the next 10 years having, you know, mm. needing to learn the same thing over and over again. <laughs> yes, totally. Yeah, so you would say that um, healing can happen really quickly or do people really have to, you know... I think some people always think, you know, to get over a trauma, it might take me years. I have to go to a psychologist, you know, I have to take... Uh, talk over it and do this to this but do you really think it can take or it has to be that long yeah well i mean i'm gonna say that i've had times where it's taken me a really long time even doing the work mm-hmm. after doing sessions and things like that because there's so many different links to the reason why something's happened and so, so many you layers have like, yeah you yeah. have like 10 emotions linked to one traumatic event. Wow, that's you know, crazy. Like, who knows? Yeah. You could yeah. have a bit of, like, guilt. You could have a bit of shame in it. Mm. So I, I can't say that, like, this is going to fix it and then you're good. Mm. People have to be ready as well. Yeah. So mm. I think the biggest thing is being ready to want to heal mm. and to want to let go and move on. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe with therapies and alternative therapies and psychologists and all of that, I honestly believe that 
that stuff, yeah, helps fasten the process mm. um, because you're not suppressing it down and down with yourself all the time. Yeah. You're actually getting it out there. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I think that I've definitely found for myself that the process of healing, like I've gone through, um, especially when I was younger, mm-hmm. I would dwell on things some things I wouldn't even get over in seven years, you know, yeah. like your first love or whatever <laughs> yeah. it is. But I can honestly say doing a session, if I had had those things available to me or knew, knowing that they were even a, a possibility, yeah. um, I think that the healing process would have been shortened. Mm. But, you know, you can't change, um, you know, everything in divine timing, I say. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And sometimes, you know, you you have to be patient, I feel like, and you have to wait because sometimes it just maybe needs the right people as well. Yeah. Or the right teacher. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's, I think the the saying goes, um, the teacher arrives when the student is ready. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So, yeah, you you can't rush your healing sometimes, right? You, You can't. You know, I think sometimes we feel like uh, we just don't want to feel all these bad emotions and all these massive things in our life. And But what do you think? Um, so let's say there is a person out there who's like really struggling, for example, also with shame. I mm-hmm. think like shame is such a, such a huge thing, especially for women oh, out huge. there. Yeah. It's really, really big. Um, what do you think is maybe like the first step um, about someone who feels a lot of shame inside of themselves? Mm, good question. Yeah, I've actually recently worked on this one. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, um, so shame. What I will say about shame is that a lot of the time it's not our fault. We, we think for a long time that it's our fault mm. and that we caused something to happen. Um, but that's not always the case. I think another big thing is permission to let go. Because when we hold and we suppress shame, it just eats us alive. Like if I think about, you know, my experience with shame, I was always telling myself that I was wrong and that I was a bad person and that I wasn't good enough and it was a really it was really linked to my self-esteem mm. um, because I didn't think also I was worthy of feeling okay and good about myself so I think I would say the first step is um, really acknowledging shame as it is that mm. it's another emotion there's no such thing as good or bad it is another emotion putting the judgment away yeah, from that's shame it. right the judgment it's it's hugely linked to self-judgment yeah. and self-criticism yeah so we, when we can start to peel away that side of things mm-hmm. i feel like that's sort of like then the permission sort of cut starts to mm-hmm. to come in okay i give myself permission to address this emotion allow yourself to feel into that mm-hmm. or get someone to help you work through that um and then from there going okay if this is linked to my um, self-esteem or mm-hmm. whatever it is what 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 could shame be teaching me mm. what is it about shame that is bothering me so much 
Um, I mean, there's been a series of, I've worked on this emotion quite a bit with people because it is such a big emotion. And I think when people are given permission to let that go or to bring up to the surface that shame, it's, it is a weight absolutely lifted. Mm, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I work through this emotion, you know, and with Rachel, so <laughs> I'm just going to say this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's been just really, really incredible. I think once we, yeah, we put the judgment away, you know, then there's just this emotion, really, and it wants to be felt, it wants to be seen. Mm. And when... Yeah, when you can't look away anymore from that emotion, I feel like it's not as bad anymore. It, it isn't. No, it's never as bad as we think it is. I think, yeah. I think it's the suppression of the shame and that emotion that makes it worse. Yeah. It's the whole, yeah, not being seen. I feel bad. I don't want to be seen as this perceived person. Mm, I yeah. already feel bad enough as it is. Mm-hmm. I don't want the, you know... To yeah. have to face that sort of thing. And then we find out that we're not the ones to blame. Like, yeah. you know, there's always... I mean, if I think about my own experience and some events that have happened in my life, like, I've, I've gone back to that event and actually recognised that there wasn't actually me. Like, I was very innocent in it, you know? Generally, we are very innocent when, when we have, hold a lot of shame. Um... I had an experience when um, I was in my mid-twenties, and I'm, I won't go into detail about it, but it was um, it was with a particular person, a particular man, and um, what happened during that time, I told nobody. I was so uh, shameful yeah. that I had let something happen like that, um, mm-hmm. and I couldn't get over the feeling of, oh my God, you're so silly. You're so stupid. Why did you let that happen? You can't tell anyone that. If you told people, they would think da da da. So I think like there was also a lot of that. Um, yeah, not just my own judgment, but the fear of even speaking up because of how it would be seen. Mm. Yeah, that you're almost afraid to speak your truth in a way, right? Mm-hmm. To be authentic. Yeah. So what do you think we uh, we actually lose when we are full of shame? It sucks the life away from us. <laughs> <laughs> like literally. Like yeah. literally. It, yeah. it, it deprives us of the joy mm. that life has. It deprives us of the abundance that we can receive in our life. Mm. It keeps us stuck in the need to protect and control ourselves. And it doesn't actually allow us... It doesn't actually allow an opportunity for us to live in our authentic truth. Mm. Shame is not a part of our authenticity yet. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Thanks so much, Rachel, for sharing. Yeah, welcome. Um, yeah, so um, I would like to go into the timeline therapy. So if someone's really interested in that, how does a session with you look like? Tom, yeah, okay, that's a good question. So timeline normally looks... Um, I, I'd like to really, if someone's never done it before... I always, first of all, it's a, I like to make them very aware that it's a very safe and open space. Mm. Um, people need to know that they can trust mm. and um, there's no judgment with me whatsoever. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like anyone can tell me anything and I just 
always go, yeah, I get it. <laughs> like, I think when yeah. you have an open mind, you yeah. just sort of see yeah. that people are just playing in their stories. Yes. People are yeah. just trying to protect themselves mm. because they don't know any other way until they know another way. Mm. So I guess for me, I sort of... Um, I go in there fully with an open heart and an open mind mm. to hear what they have to say um, and to know that by the time that they leave that there's going to be a shift and a new perspective. Mm. So um, I always like to explain at the beginning of my sessions like um, that it's really important to know um, that a little bit about the mind and how it works. Because you don't know what level of awareness people are at as well. Yeah. You just know that they're ready. Mm. <laughs> and if they're ready, that's half, you're halfway there. Um, but basically, I tell them a little bit about how the mind works, subconscious and conscious. and mm-hmm. um, So, yeah, I think it's really important to educate a little bit so that they're aware mm. of what's what I'm actually doing. Um, mm. Because I think there is fear in the unknown. When people don't know what you're doing, how, how you're doing it, it yep. can sometimes be a bit... You know, oh, I don't know about this. I'm not sure. Yeah, and then not trusting you. Exactly. Mm. So I think it's really important to explain that because once it's explained, it's pretty clear. Mm. Oh, that's what we're doing. We're going to just... Um, and also hypnotherapy is another one. Like, mm. it's a really... You can... Hypnotherapy and timeline, you can sort of... this very similar. Combine. Yeah. yeah. You mm. can combine them because mm-hmm. hypnotherapy, I believe, like, we've been hypnotized in this world. Mm about yeah. all the things that we don't want. Mm. And I feel like I'm actually helping people by unhypnotizing them. Yes. And actually yep. helping them see the greatness mm-hmm. within themselves. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're so hypnotized to believe that we're not good enough. Mm. I sort of do the opposite and go, no, you are good enough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and You're you kind are of reframing. Reframing, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so timeline, basically, we go back into the past. And the way that we do that is by doing like a guided meditation, mm. um, very relaxed state. And then, because um, that's the only way to tap into the subconscious is by getting, you know. Um, super relaxed. Super relaxed. Mm. So, um, and then we'll go back to um, a time in the mm-hmm. past where they may have experienced an emotion, say like shame. Um, and then from there, we basically go in and out of an event mm. to understand almost like the best way I can explain it is that let's say your subconscious is in your, your inner child version of you mm-hmm. um, and your conscious is like your adult mm-hmm. yeah um, and so it's almost like the only reason why we think that we're separate or that we're not whole is because there's parts of us that aren't actually integrated mm. so when we do timeline we're actually integrating Mm. the conscious and the subconscious together mm. so they can become as one again and actually start to understand each other yeah that's a beautiful picture mm. so yeah. i guess that's how i would explain yeah oh wonderful i can totally recommend it to everyone who's listening <laughs> here i experienced it firsthand yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's really really powerful i feel like the subconscious yeah. mind is just yeah he's a tricky tricky person in a way if we imagine him um but um there are ways to get through like yeah your deeper layers 
in a way. It is yes. very, very deep work. Mm-hmm. It's not surface at all. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. when people come and go, I'm fine. I'm like, okay. <laughs> all right, let's just get a little bit deeper than that. Because yes. the real healing starts when we go deep. Where it is, is that underlying. I remember always feeling like I was happy as a kid, but there was this underlying sadness mm. that was so deep that I didn't even think anyone could get there. Yeah. So, um, and everyone just sees like the yeah the happy person for example, mm. but yeah underlying that um, happy face, let's say that there might be a lot of sadness, there might be a lot of shame, but we just sometimes think that, or we project maybe as well things onto other people. Yeah, yeah. There's always so much more to humans than we think i guess absolutely right you just can't you know i do really believe that if you walked a mile in my shoes maybe you'd do the same thing Mm. i don't think people are purposely trying to be bad or purposely Mm. trying to um, hurt people i just think that people don't know any other way yeah and when we start to understand ourselves better Mm. we can start to go oh Okay, I get it. I understand why that person does what they do. Yes. Or I understand why I do that, but now I know another way I can do it. Totally. And having like this compassion and also forgiveness. Yes. Um, yeah. Comes in there as well. And choice. Yeah. Mm. I think when we're stuck in old patterns, we don't believe we have a choice. Yeah. We don't believe we can change. It actually, that is the revela- my biggest revelation. Mm. is that one day I realized that I literally had a choice mm. in the way that I felt. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. actually have to live back there anymore. Yeah, so you have actually the power. Yeah. It's in your control. Yeah. And we think we're powerless, right? That things just happening to us, really. <laughs> and, you yes. know, we don't have a choice. But actually, we do always have choices. We always yeah. have choice. Yes. Yeah. In, I'm not saying always a choice of what happens to us. Yeah. But how yeah. we respond to that, absolutely. Yeah, totally, hundred percent. Um. So, if you could meet your younger self right now, um, what would you tell her? I would tell her. I've come. I've gone back to visit her a few times, but I would honestly just say to her, "You are beautiful, exactly as you are. I see you." in all of your greatness um i forgive you for not knowing better Mm. Uh, i'm really sorry for for seeing the pain that you had to go Mm. through Mm -hmm. um and i love you that would be the main things i'd tell her oh how beautiful (laughs) so cute (laughs) um rachel um how can people reach you yeah, um, so I have a Facebook, which is called Rachel Tripodi. So that's tripod with an I at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tripod. <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah. Think about it. Um, self, uh, self-love and awareness mentoring. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get me through private message on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I do online uh, one-on-one mentoring. Mm-hmm. I do workshops. Um I do like eight week programs one on one as well. Mm-hmm. I do eventually want to do like um, like retreats eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can get me on also Instagram mm-hmm. at Rachel F for Felice uh, mm-hmm. Tripodi. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else can you? How else can you get me? That's about it, I think, at the moment. 
Yeah, I will put everything in the notes. Yeah, yeah that would be great. Yeah, yeah, it's just sort of um, at the moment I'm doing a lot of um, like word of mouth things yes so it tends to be the like oh hey yeah know? and so it's just evolving that way yes so, so yeah people who are based in adelaide they can come to you in person yes right? that's correct yeah. yes yeah. cool perfect cool yeah we'll put everything in the show notes and um yes yeah, so i always have a last question for everyone i I love um, these questions i actually do <laughs> <laughs> so is there a book you really recommend yeah. someone out there which maybe changed your life or maybe something you're reading at the moment and you really think that can um yeah really help someone yeah so it all depends on the level of where you are in your journey mm. i would say an incredible place to start is you can heal your life by louise Elhay. Mm. that is all about thoughts and affirmations mm-hmm. and what we say to ourselves is the reality that we create mm, and yeah. the body we create yeah um i think that's an incredible way to start and also to revisit that if you've mm-hmm. also yeah. been through that stage because we learn something new every time we go there yeah and the other one i would say when i was really going through I would say, like, my awakening period. Mm-hmm. I would say The Power of Now. Mm. Yeah, by Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. That's probably the other one that sort of everything is here and now. Mm. Like, as in when we go too far into the future, too far away. Yeah. It's um, like we're not actually in our reality. Mm-hmm. Actually, another one I would recommend <laughs> is uh, Byron Katie. Mm-hmm. And she's all about loving what is. Mm. And when you resist reality, you're resisting life. Mm-hmm. So she's an incredible one, mm-hmm. um, and the other one, <laughs> one more, um, is a. It's a little bit more on the spiritual side, and a little bit more for the people that really, really understand, like, um, like the conscious, uh, consciousness, I guess. Yeah. Um, Abraham Hicks. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. one? Um, what's this book called? Uh, it's not a book. Actually, uh-huh. she may have a book. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. Anyway. Okay, right. Yeah. Cool. I'm sure she's got many. I'm pretty sure it's, she's got many books, but I've only listened to her mm-hmm. on YouTube. So. Okay, amazing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, and we'll put it in the show notes again. Yeah. Um, thanks for sharing. Yeah. And um, yeah, so imagine I would give you a microphone now, and this microphone would be like connected to every radio station of the world, oh. to every T. TV and everyone can also understand English. <laughs> I love it. And it even converts it into other languages. Yes, okay. exactly. <laughs> so in a way you can yeah, you can speak even Italian or whatever right. really. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so you have one minute time to to tell the world or yeah, what's really maybe on your heart. Yeah. But you, yeah, what would you say? I really like that question. What's on my heart, as in about what? What do you want to share with what, the What's on my heart, what I want to share? Yeah, with the world. Yeah. I think, no, I feel mm. that this world needs to know, and the people of this world needs to know that we're going into some really different times. Mm. COVID-19 has proven that. Yeah, yeah. It is time to heal your wounds Mm. It is time to look within mm-hmm. um, and really see who you truly are 
mm. and to go into this into your soul and to do some soul searching mm-hmm. um, and to know that you're not your story you're not what you've been conditioned to believe mm. and that there is a way and there is hope and there is an opportunity for change mm. and growth mm-hmm. that you're never ever 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 alone yeah. I think mm. Every person on this planet needs to know they're not alone in their suffering. Yeah. Um, mm. And they're not alone in, in what they're going through, even though it may feel like that. Um, so that's what I would say. Wow. Oh, wonderful. That, oh, that really touched me. Like I can feel it <laughs> in my body. I'm shivering when oh. I hear these words. Well, it's <laughs> very deep. Like it's really, um, it comes from a different place. It's a, yeah. something that. I feel is so important because that's why I do what I do mm-hmm. because I want people to know that they're not alone and that there is mm. a way to heal your life mm-hmm. so that you can enjoy it. Life is meant to be abundant and joyful. Yes, totally. Yeah. Rachel, thank you so much for being on my <laughs> show today. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I talked my head off. <laughs> it was great. Rachel, um, sending all the love to you yeah, and you hopefully maybe have you soon again. I'd love to. Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs>